0: Hey there, it's Amy McDonald here, yoga business coach. Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast, where we talk all things yoga nerdy and yoga business. If you are looking to grow your yoga biz this year, please check out my signature program that is enrolling now. Think of it as the teacher training for your yoga business. amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga beers. Now on to today's podcast. Hey folks, it's Amy here. Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Weekly Call. The podcast is in a new format uh, this week, so I'm delighted to be with you all here at a different day, at a different time. For those of you who'd like to join me live, if you are a Apple Podcast listener, don't worry. It's actually good news for you. It means we're just going to ping you a little earlier uh, so that you can um, get the get access to the podcast in just the same way, and hopefully, you won't even know the difference. But for everybody who likes to join me live. Welcome, and I'm also super excited to announce that these podcasts will also be showing up as uh, as uh, on my vlog as well. So if you have been uh, part of my YouTube channel, good news is going to be more posts to YouTube in 2019. So how is everybody? Uh, new year, new you. I saw a great post about New Year, same fabulous me on the book face the other day and I thought, oh, that's kind of wonderful. Um, but it is definitely a time when people are thinking about, you know, what, how, how did, what, was the, what, what washed up in 2018, how did they fare, uh, and also starting to think about what am I going to do differently, what are my goals, what am I going to leave behind. Um, I go to the gym here uh, it, most mornings, and uh, there was lots of flurry this morning. There was definitely more people this morning than there normally is. All of these people, New Year's resolutioning and uh, which is fantastic. And there's also some great statistics, and I won't just make them up for you, but about how, how you know, the tapering off of, of New Year's resolutions. However, for all of us, before we get into the topic uh, at hand for today, do bear that in mind that right now, Uh, People are looking for doing things differently. People are looking for, I'm going to make a change this year. People are looking for this year I'm going to take care of myself or I'm going to get fit or I'm going to resolve this injury. And of course, yoga, 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 right? So know that I love that a bunch of you are taking time off. And I also really want to reiterate that this is a very powerful time to be attracting new students into your yoga business. So perhaps there might be some balancing to be done, some balancing between effort and ease as you're uh, enjoying any break that you may have, particularly for anyone in the Southern Hemisphere who is like on summer holidays, baby. Uh, Do bear that in mind. It is the time of year when people are buying things like yoga. So uh, can you wait another few weeks to start talking about your classes for term one, all of you Aussies? Sure. Would you like them to be full Why not start talking about them now? And if you're not sure how to go automate things and let things be easier, hot tip. I've done so many podcasts on all of these topics. Go back through the back catalog, teach yourself quick smart. You can be driving to the beach and listening to me. Use your earbuds. Your whole family doesn't need to listen to me. Let's face it. But now is the time to really be available for new people to come sign up to work with you. I'm doing it right now. Are you kidding? Before the podcast started, I'm considering signing myself up for like basic Hindi. You know, people are doing this. It's it's, it's this part of January. It's very powerful and transformative. So know that people right now are looking for your yoga and your yoga specifically because of who you are. So I lovingly suggest that yes, take a break. Yes. Have a holiday and yes, know that this is a great time to be attracting those new students. Okay, so enough of that rah-rah Amy style. You actually get to see how rah-rah-y I am if you're watching the vlog on the podcast. Not only that rah-rah is just the only person who sees that is my dog. Um, Okay, so uh, the topic of today is Embracing Vibhishan in your business in 2019. So we need to do a little bit of a backstory just for anybody who doesn't know who Vibhishan is. I'm going to tell you that. He's a character in the Ramayana, plays quite an important part in the, in the Ramayana when things are getting difficult. Uh, like he's, he's, I'm just trying to think of a pop culture reference but he holds a few hidden keys at right at the vital moment when everybody else is thinking, man, we are done. Uh, he comes out with a little uh, workaround. Um, so, so he is a really important character. Let me give you the quick and dirty Ramina backstory. So Remina, uh essentially there was this bad guy called Ravana. He was an Asura. He was a demon. He was bad. He was like real bad. Uh, but back in the day, if you did enough tapasya, if you did enough like practice and austerities, the gods would give you a boon anyway. So even if you were an ashlock, I guess he's been watching German TV over the holiday period, uh, you would still get a boon from Brahma. He would still give you a gift, a special wish or more if you were lucky. But Ravana had one and um, and as they tend to do, he requested immortality Fortunately, there was a caveat. He said, look, immortality, I cannot be killed by gods or demons alike. Now, like I said, he was not a good guy. He was a demon. He was a pretty powerful demon, a power-hungry demon. He was the king of Lanka. And, uh, he started to tear the place down as most good yoga stories, you know, start. Um, he doing more and more bad things and the gods got together and they had a power and they're like, man, what are we going to do about this guy? Because remember you gave him that boon and he's immortal. We can't get him. If we could, we'd just sort this shit out. But like, we're stuck because, uh, uh, he's really intense. He's really bad and he can't be killed by us. Now, they knew that he could be killed by a human, but because of the nature of his badness, I mean, massive bad, can do all sorts of things, ten heads, like twenty arms, bad dude. Really bad. Most humans would think, no way, you kidding? Go back home. Watch Netflix. Get someone else to sort that demon shit out. So, you know, they were kind of in a bind. So they decided, well, you know, there's got to be a solution, what can we do? And and the solution was this. What if Vishnu came down to us here down on the ground in the form of a human. So he would have the power of the gods. He would have the courage of the gods, but he would be in human form. So technically, yoga stories are full of all of these like loopholes, legal loopholes. Technically he could still kill, kill the demon. Voila, the Ramayana is born. Here's the whole story of Ram, Rama, the hero, who is Vishnu in disguise, Vishnu in a meat suit, to come defeat the demon. Now, also, as with beautiful traditional Indian narratives, things get circular and complex. And so um, this is the story where Ram, blah, 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 long story, gets the wife Sita. She's beautiful. Long, long, long story, family dispute, throwing people out of the kingdom, naughty maid. Trash talking Rama to his stepmom. Nasty stuff. All of this stuff happens. Long story short, Rama and his brother Lakshman, who was actually a divine weapon of Vishnu's in the meat suit, who knew? Uh, and Sita all get exiled out into the forest. Piss off. You've done bad things. You're no longer the king. Get out of here. You can't come back for 13 years. That happened. And then uh, so they're out there in the forest doing whatever, and um, this I'm trying to give you the abridged version. This has gone on for four minutes already. Anyway, uh, so Rama has this sister. she kind of sees Ram, she falls in love with him, and Ram sort of teases her for a while, and Lakshman kind of teases her for a while. This is the point where the Ramayana intersects with Australian pub culture. The girl thinks she's like met two nice blokes and like they're into her, but actually they're just teasing her. That's all I'm going to say on that. But anyway, that happened, got ugly. She got her nose and her ears cut off. As you can imagine, kind of pissed, went back to her brother and said, look, massive evil 10 headed demon brother, man. I've just met this really handsome man in the forest, but look what he's done to my face. Go down there and sort it out. So en route, Ravana sees the beautiful princess, falls in love with her, steals her, takes her to Lanka. Now, this is also the story that happens sort of in Kishkinda, which is the Monkey Kingdom. Monkey Kingdom: Sugriva, Vali, Hanuman, Jambavan, other interesting bears and monkeys, which are the topics of future podcasts, no doubt. They're doing all of their thing. They broker a deal. The monkeys, Rama, Lakshman, get together and they're like, "Right, let's go save the princess." and The story goes on. So, as you can imagine, um, when you decide that you're going to take a a whole horde of monkeys over a very large stretch of water to defeat an island full of demons, things are going to get messy. And they do. Turns out the weapon of choice in the Ramayana is throwing fully grown trees at each other, particularly mango trees. Doesn't sound like a very masculine encoded weapon. Splat. Anyway, there you have it. Terrible thing to do with the mango. So, so they're like fighting. There's lots of fighting. There's lots of throwing of trees. There's lots of vomiting up of blood. There seems to be a lot of vomiting up. of blood. Anyway, it gets messy. Now, Vibhishan, Vibhishana is Ravana's brother. So the bad dude's brother, and he's a he's a demon. He's a bad dude. He lives on Lanka. He's like you know doing his demon thing. But he has some redeeming qualities and he believes in fair warfare and he has, you know, he, he still ha- abides by his own dharma. And when things are starting to go sideways, he says to Ravana, hey, you know what? Maybe we just need to give the princess back. Like, this could all go away if you just said, my bad, and took her home to the forest. But of course, Ravana, ten-handed, you know, ten heads, that's a lot of egos. No way is he going to have at it. And, and, and in this moment, Vavishan realises that actually everything is going to go to hell in a handbasket, and he doesn't want a part of it because Ravana stole the princess. And stealing is bad whether you're a demon or not. Stealing is not good for anybody. So he leaves Lanka, even though he was the brother of the most evil demon ever, he leaves Lanka and he goes and seeks out, goes and seeks out Rama, the hero, and Lakshman, his brother, and says, guys, I know I'm a demon and you're probably going to judge me for that, but you know what? I really like what you guys are doing and um, I'm wondering, can I join your team? And does that put him through some tests because at first they think that he's like a mole or cheating them or he's you know some other demon in disguise, but ultimately they realize, no, this dude's for real. And he's seen the error of his ways and he comes to join the good guys. He comes to join the Rama Lakshmana and the whole Sugriva's whole monkey army to defeat the evil demon, his brother. So how's, how's that? It wasn't particularly concise, was it? But I'll, I'll, I'll continue. <laughs> uh, anyone who's got any comments to share so far about Amy's like quick and dirty nine minute, Summary of the Ramayana. Type them into the chat. Love to hear from you. Okay, so That all happens. Here's why There's two two reasons why I love Vibishan and what he can teach us in business. One, I simply like the dude's name. Don't you think? Vibishana. That's a good name. Vibishana. Vibhishana. Got different pronunciations if you're looking at the Ramayana in India, the Ramakin in Thailand, but a cool name, right? That's number one. Number two, the dude saw where he'd made a catastrophic F up and decided to change his mind. So I want to talk today about how this applies in your yoga business in two different contexts because I think both are powerful and I know that um, I'll be interested. Share with me, folks, in the chat if you're here with me live. I'd be interested to know if either of these showed up for you in 2018 And, you know, which one more predominantly than the other? Or do you recognize or and do you recognize that you're more susceptible to one than the other? So so what I think, where I think Vibhishana can model great behavior for us in our yoga businesses is because he had the courage to ask the difficult question. Bro. Do you think this is the right thing to do? Or maybe should we just give the princess back? That would have, like a whole lot of monkeys wouldn't have died. Hanuman wouldn't have had to fly to the Hali and bring back the mountain with the four holy herbs. The Ramayana would have been a much shorter book, not necessarily for the better. But, you know, he could have put a pin in it. He had the courage to ask the difficult question. And if you are a Ravana, if you are the evilest demon in the whole world and you have, I mean, you guys, if you haven't read it, you gotta go read this book. I mean, seriously, the dude had like like um, how do I wanna say this in a way that won't get us banned from Apple Podcasts? His palace was full of all that you would imagine. An evil demon's palace would be full of, uh yeah. We're going to leave it at that. Like he had, he he had he had a lot of ladies uh, hanging out, wearing not much, a lot of wine, a lot of decadent food, a lot of slaves doing whatever he wanted. He 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 was used to being told yes to everything and getting what he wanted instantly. The only reason that he didn't sita like he let her stay in the garden for a year in his courtyard for a year to try and seduce her try and seduce her and of course she's sita as if she's married to ram who's like hot as f and also happens to be vishnu like you're gonna go with some like 10-headed demon man dreaming but anyway or, and she's also you know pure and dharmic and all of those good things <laughs> but he had to wait her out for a year because he had a curse on him that if he um, had his way with a lady against her will, horrible, uh, he would die. So rather than say that's what he would do to her, he used to say to her, look, you got to, you know, get with this, or I'm going to get my cook to boil you down into soup. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. He can't, you know, he's just besotted with her. And yet he's that evil and egocentric that he would boil her down to soup and have her for lunch. He told her that like at least two occasions not a nice guy. So you can imagine what guts it takes for Vibishan to actually stand up and say, hey, you know what, in front of everybody, in front of all the other brothers and the men of the court and all of the army and all of it, to stand up and say, hey, you know what, I don't think this is the right thing to do. I got a bad vibe about this. I reckon maybe we've gone off path and we need to reconsider. Maybe there's a better way to solve this problem. This is what Vibishan teaches us. And this is such a key, key, key learning that I think we forget in business. If we just sprinkled a little bit of that intention over everything we do in business, not to the point of being, um, not to the point of being indecisive by any means, but having that critical friend capacity to say, "Look, this isn't easy. Maybe there's a different way to do something." Let me check in with the chat and see if this is resonating for folks. Awesome. Love that some of you are, uh, are getting it. So here's the two ways that I think it can apply. There's like an internal application of this principle and an external one as well. So the internal one shows up like, it shows up for standing up for what is right even when it feels uncomfortable. It shows up as um, self-reflection, and questioning yourself about your own, Activity, motivation, these sorts of things. It shows up in um, having that sense that something is awry, and actually taking the time to check in with that, rather than uh, rather than ignoring your intuition. Um, it shows up as being real with yourself. Oh fudge! Doesn't that one kick you in the pants? You think you've done thirty years of yoga and you've got it handled, and then you realize, man, I was an asshole just now. <laughs> Yowza, hello, anyone else? Anyone else just spend a couple of days with their family after 10 hours in the car? Yeah, yeah, not always at my best. This is what Vibhishan, applying the Vibhishan principle can, can, um, can, can bring out when we're applying it internally. And I really feel like in 2019, if you do this more, not to the point of becoming neurotic, trust yourself, but starting to get into the habit and and having the humility to go there even when it feels scary, very very powerful so let me hear it uh, in the chat folks if you're watching this live like has there was there something that happened in 2018 where applying this principle a little earlier would it help you out? did you do something that was like nah. Nah. that was, I knew at the start I should have asked myself the hard questions because that was a move i actually wouldn't have made if I had my chance over? Or did something bite you in the bum? Were you in a little bit of denial about something? And did that one show up? Because again, you didn't um, ask yourself the difficult question. I want to hear it. I know for me, uh, absolutely. I, um, absolutely I, I did this one and it cost me uh, like financially quite a sum um, because I invested in a training program Um, and I had this inkling as as soon as I'd signed up and then a couple of months later the teacher reached out and she said, look, we're changing the curriculum. Uh, I think it's going to be better. It's not going to be what you signed up for, but I really think it's going to be better and I think you should stick with it. If you don't want to stick with it, I'll give you your money back. Essentially. Hashtag great way to do business, not. Anyway, um, I had this feeling that that wasn't going to play for me you know, I'm the sort of person who, shout out if this is you, I love the sort of, this might be you, Greg, I'm the sort of person who likes to see in bullet points all stuff I'm going to get so that I make sure that I get it when it happens. You know, I, I like quantifiable outputs when I spend tens of thousands of dollars on something. But um, I just smoosh that kind of self-talk to the side. I was like, no, all my friends are doing it this teacher says it's going to be the right thing for me. Um, uh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. Even though that voice was saying something's iffy about this aim. I don't think that this is the right thing for you, but I didn't sit down and formally ask myself the question, the difficult question. Do you want to do this or not? Something doesn't feel right here. Are you sure you want to go ahead? I didn't do that. I just coasted on past. And as a result, I spent a lot of money uh, on, it sounds so silly in, in hindsight, but I spent a lot of money on something that I didn't even want. And of course, didn't serve me in the way that I had intended when I purchased this in the first place. You know, it, I think this Vibishana principle internally is really, really powerful in the macro project decisions. You know, you thinking about going back and doing another teacher training. Is that really the right thing for you? If it's a sure yes, it's a sure yes, but if it's a, you know what, no, it's something else for me this year. Um, It shows up in business relationships. Are you partnering with someone, this happened to a client of mine, partnering with someone to teach a retreat not long before the retreat was due to start, this woman bailed, 10 of the 12 people coming were from this woman's uh, cooler, uh, and she bailed, and the whole retreat went bad, and that was a significant. Holy crap! I've got to go find like ten thousand dollars to pay everybody back now. Situation for my client, and and she knew when it happened. She had that moment of, you know, what I knew this was going to happen. If you have, I knew this was going to happen, is because we haven't applied the Vimshan principle early enough. If we take that time to sit down and actually do the inquiry, something doesn't feel right here. Am I, am I being carried on momentum or am I future casting, future tripping into something that I hope is going to happen? You know, is this a hope addiction or is this really real? Wouldn't be an Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast if I didn't make note now of the relevance to that in the dating environment. I'm just going to leave it there just in case anyone that I'm dating is watching me on YouTube. Hi, I'm having a great time. Yes. So that's the way that it can show up first. You what's going on for you. How are you, can you use self inquiry in, a, in a, not just like your daily journaling or your meditation practice. Yes. Do those things. But this is about when, when you're at, at a fork in the road, When you are at a point where things are going to go big or go home, when you are at like that moment of the the precipice, if you're about to jump off the cliff, net, no net, take time and ask yourself the difficult question, not to talk yourself out of anything by any means. The two examples I've just provided were about making a different decision. These can also be about, God damn it, yes, this is the right decision for me. I, I know it and I'm going forward 100%. So, you know, it works both ways. Where in your business, maybe in 2018, could you have used that principle of asking a difficult question to yourself to give you a better outcome? And where in 2019 do you suspect that there may be the opportunity to use this? Is there a project that's coming up? Is there... Um, Uh, 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 Are you thinking about going into a business partnership? Are you embarking on new training? Do you have a pattern that just tends to show up like this? One that seems to be coming up a bit for people at the moment is like, who do you rent space off for all of you freelancers that rent halls and studios and all those good things? Is there a difficult question that needs to be asked there? Hey, I need to talk to you about my rate. I'm just not feeling that whatever. You know, is the aircon rooted at your studio and needs? You need to have the conversation. Where in 2019 could you apply this Vibishan principle for yourself more, so that you are asking those difficult questions and not getting yourself into hot water and not missing out on an exciting opportunity? Greg says, "Yep, that's me." Right? Yes, Greg, I knew you were check it off the list. <laughs> yeah. Romina says, yes, and hindsight is wonderful. Yeah, hindsight is wonderful, but, like, let's preempt hindsight is kind of what I'm saying, Romina, right? Like, wouldn't you just prefer to, like, be like, uh, yes, that was exactly the right thing to do instead of, like, Ugh, if only I'd wah wah. Yeah, I, I take your point totally. Um, but, yeah. Garda says, I have a hope addiction. It doesn't show up everywhere in your life or just with, anyway, we won't go into that because I'll be delving back into the realms of the dating analogy and this totally TMI for January of the podcast. Let me get into March before Amy starts oversharing with her dating life. All right, so Vivishan principle application opportunity number two is asking other people the difficult question. So like I said earlier, when Vivishan, had to stand up in front of the whole court and say, and the whole court was like getting ready to to bring the house down, you know, fighting millions of monkeys and God in human form, who, in case you hadn't figured that out, uh, cannot be killed. He, even when he gets close, his huge, giant monkey best friend servant rips off the top of a mountain full of medicinal herbs. I mean, how are you going to fight that? It was an uphill battle they're right at that point everybody is quite incensed it's like that scene in Braveheart where they all flip the kilts and show everyone their ass it's kind of like that they're about to like go for it right and Vivi is like well you know fellas I'm just wondering um you know if you really thought this through could there maybe be like you know another workaround here like could we just take her home that's a big deal. And it takes so much guts and it takes such a commitment to truth and dharma and authenticity, which is all of the fierce things that you get to learn and play with and grow into as a yogi, right? Like you think that Asta Vakrasana is gonna make you a good yogi, it's not. Sticking up for yourself and maintaining great boundaries, that's what makes you a great yogi, right? Asta Vakrasana or Titivasana or whatever else is you're like, oh my god, I can't even imagine. Yoga pose. It doesn't matter for crap if, if you avoid conflict all the time, if you lose your temper in disagreement, if you roll over and self-abandon and let yourself be a doormat when people take advantage of you to the point where they don't even know they're doing it because they just think that's how you are. She's so friendly. She's so accommodating. Or is she just a like radical people pleaser? To not do that stuff takes so much fortitude and and I really believe that that's one of the greatest boons of yoga and we see it here at this point in the story when Vibhishana asks the difficult question, when he identifies that what is about to go down in his name, in his land, is not okay actually and he doesn't want a part of it and he doesn't think anybody else should do it either. That's a big gutsy question. So where you can apply this, point, you know, a second opportunity, Vibhishan Principle 2019, second opportunity. Who do you need to have a difficult conversation with? Who do you need to ask a difficult question of? What is going on in your life because it's actually unresolved? Or what is going on in your life that has the potential to blow up in a way that is just not going to work out? What about this one? What is going on in your life that feels kind of icky or weird to you? Maybe it's not, maybe it's not acute. Maybe it's chronic. Maybe there's something going on that just doesn't feel good. And you need to have a difficult conversation about it. Is there, um, you know, it, it, this is the sort of thing that um, I have a friend that I love to hang out with. We've been friends for years and, and we make appointments to do things together and she's always late, always late. And like 30, 40 minutes of a thing when we catch up for like an hour. And that's and that's so that's kind of our friendship until very recently when we had the difficult conversation and I said, Look, um I can't keep meeting you like this unless we're gonna commit to a time and stick with it. And you know, that's not that's that's not easy to do. That's that's a difficult conversation. Like I said, it's in the microcosm. It's not the big stuff like I want a divorce. No, 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 no. no. Don't be don't be silly about that one. But you know, it's, but those ones can hang around. Is there somewhere? Let's do this one again. Share with me in the. Hey, Susie, share with me in the chat. Have you avoided a difficult conversation, asking a difficult question of someone else regarding your yoga business in 2018, or did you do it exceptionally well and you and you you know forging further on your on your svadara, on your own personal path as a yogi? Yes. And I'm also interested to know, looking ahead, what is, um, where is there an unasked difficult question that needs to be resolved? Who is it that you, you don't need to disclose names if you don't want to, but, you know, where, where does that conversation need to be had so that, so that you feel like you're in alignment with your path. Remember Vivishan, he knew that the situation was wrong. He could see that there was actually a solution that wasn't going to lead to genocide. Um, he posed, he asked the difficult question. He was shut down and, and you know, he kicked out. Um, so he wasn't attached to the outcome. You know, you, you can't always get what you want, but you've got to ask. And I think this is what he models for us so well, that that even when everybody who is on your team shuts you down, it doesn't mean that that way that you feel is untrue for you. It was untrue for Ravana. Absolutely. It was untrue for Ravana's kids. It was untrue for all of the other brothers and Kumakana and all of them was like, no, are you nuts? We're going to fight. It was true for them, but it wasn't true for Bibishan. And as a result, he took himself over to the mainland and and became the servant of Rama and Lakshman and like i said at the beginning um when i was doing the truncated shortened version of the refiner, he had some really special little tricks and tips that he could tell the brothers when things were going kind of sideways because he was from there you know he he he'd done the reco trip he knew all of the secret stuff on lanka he was a good friend to have and you know Susie says, I accepted a class style change, which I didn't agree with, but I said yes. And every week it felt icky about it. And it took almost a year before I finally decided to let that class go. And I'm so happy about it. It tends to go like that, doesn't it, Susie? It tends to be like revelation when you finally like stand up for yourself and do what's right for you, regardless of what everybody else is. I love that story. But I think, you know, one final piece for the conversation today and keep sharing folks in the chat because I love, love, love um, if we can have this more interactive. Like if this is resonating for you or if you've got a story to share, have at it. Um, one of the things that if you Google Vivian and, Vivian and you look at any of these sort of stories, often he is portrayed as like the traitor, you know, and he was, he was, if you were, if you were one of the bad guys, if you were an Asura, even a, uh, you know, like a an asura who who was devoted to good practice and dharma and all of those. If you were a, a dweller on the on Lanka, <coughs> this guy's bad news. You're about to go fight for your life. You're about to go back the king of your land. And some sneaky brother pisses off, joins the other side, and then starts telling them where all of your secret hidden magical caves are. That's bad. So it, Again, another beautiful opportunity to learn and reflect here that sometimes, you know, Vibhishana was one of the heroes of the story because of what he helped the good guys achieve. But, you know, if if you have any whiff of Tantra about you, good guys, bad guys is just, you know, illusion anyway, right? If you're a demon, you think they're the bad guys. So, when you do this, when you ask the difficult question, when you stand up for what you believe is right, and when you take action regardless of your peers, not everybody is going to think that you're a great dude. Some people, years later, hundreds of years later, are still going to be blogging about you, saying how he was the traitor of the Romana. That also happens. And I guess this is, it loops us back to, (coughs) excuse me, what is you know, what is yoga about in the first place? If it's not about having those types of opportunities to learn, you know, if you can't um, experience what it's like to pursue your spud dummy, your own individual chosen path, even when other people are going to trash talk you. Now, I know everybody on the call with me right now has a story about that. Like, when have you gone out and done it for yourself and people have been behind your back? I tell the story often of. The first time I was brave enough to actually buy myself oh, so much money, <clears throat> even at an outlet sale. Pardon me while I take a sip of <clears throat> cayenne stuff. When I, f- I finally had the courage to buy myself a pair of Lululemon yoga pants. Big deal in Amy's life. Big deal. Amy, who did her whole 200 hour yoga teacher training on a $4 yoga mat from Kmart. Oh, I am. And I, and I put them on and I went to teach a class with them and I was really nervous about it, but I was, this is, I, this is what people wear. And, and when I, and I remember, um, Christina sell teaching me about if you wear black pants, people can't see your legs as well. And it's harder for them to learn about anatomy. And I remember my, um, my yoga asana teacher in those 200 hour teacher training, she would wear those little Iyengar bloomers not because she liked them. I love you, Iyengis, but those bloomers are ridiculous. But here's what they do. They let you see someone else's legs. And if you're learning about what goes on in the quads or the femurs or the hamstrings or the knees as a trainee, Tracy, get with me on this one, right? If someone can show you their legs, you learn so much faster. So it's going to wear these tie pants, these non-black tie pants. <clears throat> and I, because it felt right to me, even though, no one else who taught in my little country yoga studio wears prayers like that because who would? Ego, ego. Who, anyway, I won't go there. So I rock up and I'm ready to teach and I get there a little bit earlier because I'm practising whatever and the other teacher who teaches at the same time in the studio next door, she's there and getting ready and she's been there forever. You know, she's an institution in town and everybody knows her and obviously she knows a hell of a lot more than I do just ask her and she says, hmm, I could never wear pants like that. And in that moment, you know when Hanuman he's, he's he's become massive. He's done the leap to Lanka, to Lanka, and then before he gives Sita the ring to say, "Hey, I'm with your bro- I'm with your man," he's coming. Before that moment, he shrinks himself down really small so that he can whisper to her and not get busted. I shrunk to about that size. I wanted to die because here was me wearing these. Who do you think you are, yoga pants? Right? Has anyone else got a yoga story when someone? decided to just make you wrong because of all of their own drama that's what happened in that situation she says six years down the road but at the time I wanted to shrink down like teeny tiny Hanuman and die this is what it can sometimes feel like when you decide to go for what you know to be true for you and it may not be true for the people around you it takes a level of ferocity to be okay with that you know it takes um it, it takes courage, it takes conviction, and, and it also takes, uh, you know, like I, I think community, having other people around you who can give you the F her. It was a good thing for you to do. You can imagine Vibhishan's sitting around the fire with the brothers and he's like, you know, everyone's like trash talking me over in Lanka because they say that I'm a traitor because I told you guys about that hidden cave and, you know, I'm over here and probably I should be back there fighting with my bro. And Ram and Lakshman are like, fuck that, man. You know, have another non-alcoholic beer. We're going to make you the new king of Lanka, which is what happened. Worked out okay for Bhubishan. But it doesn't always go that way. Sometimes when you ask the difficult questions, what it will raise for someone else um, <laughs> might not be what you want. <laughs> Get out. Um, might, the situation might not go how you want. But again, it's another opportunity to practice. So I'm conscious of time. Obviously, everybody could talk about the Ramayana forever because it's an epic, um, in the true sense of the word—not just like epic, but actually epic. Um, But here is just one character and one instance of one character that I really felt was pertinent for us in business in 2019. There is—we often talk in on this podcast about growth and about promotion and about calling in new people and about tools and techniques along those lines, this feels like a principle that is going to help firm up how your business goes forward. So it's not about do this, do this, do this, do this. It's not another thing to put on the to-do list, but rather a sort of um, like a Maha teaching, something that sits above all of that as a guide to how you conduct yourself, what you engage in and who you engage with. And as a result, the the, the integrity that you get to feel and maintain in doing business because what we know for sure in this community is that we would choose being a yogi over money any day of the week and twice on Sundays. We're not in this simply to make bank. That's a great thing when it is combined with getting to be a good person, whether you're a yamas and niyamas person or not being a good person is primary for us in business and the money is a beautiful and abundant second piece. So this is one of those opportunities. The more you can ask both yourself and others the difficult questions in biz, the more you are going to stay true to your own path, eyes wide open and and have that feeling of, of being a yogi, of being of pursuing your own dharma and business and, and knowing that what you do is important and is being done in the best way you know how to do. Folks, that's everything that I wanted to share with you today on the podcast topic embracing Vibhishana in your yoga business in 2019. Thanks everybody for being with me on like new mode podcast. Number one, I learned a lot along the way. Uh, Thanks everybody who listens to Apple Podcasts, If you do, please subscribe. Someone emailed me the other day. says, hi, Amy. No, uh, instant message. Hi, Amy. You don't know me. I've listened to all of your podcasts. I guess I should write a review. I would really love it. If you are like a cray cray, whether you're watching my YouTube channel or listening to the Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast, if you're a regular listener, please leave me a review. It really helps my business. I do a lot of this stuff because I love it. Uh, and getting those reviews and uh, subscriptions really does make a difference. So I'd be so grateful Uh, if you're a regular listener or viewer, if you could subscribe, maybe even leave me some stars. For everybody who is in Australia, come hang out with me uh, for the Abundant Yoga Teacher National Tour. I'm doing immersions everywhere except, I'm sorry, Darwin. All the capital cities except Darwin and Hobart at this point. Sorry. I'm sorry. Next time. It's taken me three years to get to WA, but it's happening. Right, Pia? Can't wait to see you. About time. Uh, come get a ticket. Um, you can get them at amymacdonald.com.au forward slash yoga teacher immersions. Uh, tickets are 97 bucks, And once you've got one, it's like Charlie and Grandpa Joe. You get to bring a friend for free. And I promise I will not be creepy. Um, It's such a creepy film actually, isn't it? Charlie and the Chocolate. Like seriously, you watch the real one, you watch the first one, it's freaking, there's a lot of not quite right stuff in that. Not just the beheading of the chicken. It's weird. But anyway, come along to the Abundant Yoga Teacher. Immersions happening in Perth, Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney, Brisbane and just working on finalising the dates for Adelaide and Byron Bay. 97 bucks, bring a friend, no weird, creepy stuff. You're not going to have to like almost rise up and get killed by a fan and burp yourself back to safety. If you want to burp yourself to safety, that's okay too, but you don't have to. It's going to be a great day of yoga, business training, and really good company. I was talking earlier on uh, in my Facebook group about how I was, one of two of my clients were sharing this story with me that they... They had never met. It fascinates me that you all don't know each other because I know you all. I just presume that you all know each other. They'd never met. They met at my Abundant Yoga Teacher immersion in London. One of them was moving from London and had this corporate client and and wanted to make a referral. They talked. We had lunch in a garden. It was warm in London. It was a nice time. They shared. They got to know each other. Turns out, good fit. That corporate client uh got passed over to another one of the women another one of the yoginis at the abundant yoga teacher immersion i was talking with her earlier and she said that she now makes seven thousand dollars a month teaching yoga in london which is no small feat mostly because of that corporate client so it's not just listen to amy talk and i won't talk this fast in person i promise for like six hours what it's a day of training and mentoring and coaching with me of course but and Really importantly, it's an opportunity to be in a room with other yoga teachers who are like going to back you and are going to support you and are going to love all over your goals and your intentions and your sankalpa regardless of what they actually think about them. High vibration, no judgy, I'd never wear those yoga pants. Like we don't need any more of those people in our professional circles. There's enough of them that we can't avoid anyway. Great community, great Sangha forms at these immersions as well. So get yourself a ticket, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash yoga teacher immersions. What you all don't know is uh, sitting here doing this on a video, it's like 38 degrees and I'm sitting under two hot lights, (laughs) getting my sauna on. I'm going to leave you all, folks. Greg, Grandpa Joe is coming. (laughs) See you in Brisbane, can't wait. Um, and Tracy says, your teacher immersions are great. Tracy, you know, I was going through all of the photos on my phone the other day, and there's the picture. Remember we did that, how do you use word swag with the picture of you at your computer at Amanda's Yoga Studio last, last year? I can say last year now. I was like, oh, there's Tracy. It was so fun. I might go post that somewhere just for laughs. I'll message it to you on Instagram, Tracy. Super fun. Tracy, I just booked my ticket to Thailand, finally. <laughs> yes i'm coming that's a good thing i'm gonna see you soon in like less than 20 days you too suzy amazing all right folks see you all next time thanks for being with me live folks everybody who showed up for our new uh situation let's see how it goes um take care Bye. well there you have it folks another abundant yoga teacher podcast i hope you thought it was ace i kind of did Again, if you're looking to grow your yoga business this year, I lovingly invite you to check out my six month group training program, Growing Your Yoga Biz. You can find it at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga biz. Till next time.